It's time for the War Drums of Makua, the season of battle. Sponsored by South Pacific Health, Savage Music Studios, and Life Extend Unlimited. Where I began was before this world. I was sent, as my grandmother said, by her father, Anatua Makua. My mother was Belgian, born into the Vabruja noble family. She was married to an executive of a major toy manufacturer in the 1950s, had my brother, then was pregnant with my sister when she divorced her husband, and then started working for my grandfather's company. My dad was in college, but would work for the company on breaks and in summer. He was all American out of California and was picked up by Southern Illinois University to play football. He was a chemistry major and did well in math and science, but was more noted for his athleticism. In his sophomore year, looked at by the NFL because his prowess on the field, ever the warrior, my grandfather used to say that Missouri, the oldest boy, was the brains. Vasaloa, the oldest girl, was the beauty. And my father was the brawn, the muscle of the family. When my older sister was born, it was discovered that my mother needed surgery and was told afterwards that she wouldn't be able to have children anymore. After my dad started dating her, he thought that was a plus. Polynesian DNA has been found all over the world, so warriors didn't always do battle. They had time to love as well. They didn't date long, I think through the summer, but they found that their personalities were not very compatible. My dad had a fiance at college and was anxious to get back to her and finish his degree and his life. In September, my mother started getting really sick. She went to the doctor and they tried every test in the book to find out what was wrong with her. Everything came back negative. Finally, the doctor said that they needed to do a final test. It was the only test they hadn't done. A couple days later, the doctor called and said, Doris, the rabbit died, you're pregnant. My mother was furious. You said I couldn't get pregnant. They had cauterized her ovaries and uterus and had taken her fallopian tubes out. The doctor said, I'm really sorry, but you shouldn't have been able to get pregnant. I'm gonna sue you, I'm gonna sue you, was all my mom could come back with. My dad didn't take it too well either. He married my mom in protest and maintained that it was because she trapped him. I was born April 1st and was almost four weeks late. When the doctor delivered the placenta, he found a tumor and they decided to take the uterus. After they did, they examined the uterus to see if there was a breach somewhere that would explain how she got pregnant. They found nothing. My birth is documented in JAMA in 1960, the year I was born. My grandmother fought for me from the time I was born. When I got measles, since my mother had never had the disease, my grandmother took me at just a week old and kept me for a couple months. She took me back at two months and then I had mumps and back I went with my grandmother for a couple more months. 
My mother has told me that at four months, I started to pull myself up and walk. At nine months, I was talking in complete sentences and potty trained myself. By the time I was four, I had read the Britannica Encyclopedia set. Now to clarify, my grandmother was learning to read and write in English and use the books to help her practice and had me learn by her side as her learning partner. So I don't know if reading the encyclopedias was my idea or hers. My mother said that I was incredibly smart, which made me at times hard to handle. Constant questions. I needed to be active all the time. If I was put down for naps, I would use the furniture to crawl out the windows and run away. Hard to handle. I remember those times. I would see the dead even then and would talk to them, which terrified my parents. My grandmother, on the other hand, took it as a sign that I was sent by the Ali's that went before, so she began to teach me the ways of the Makua, how to make medicines, how to treat patients, how to reason, how to forgive Ho'oponopono, the better half of mana. She would never teach me how to physically fight. It was against her nature. It was my father that encouraged me to fight. When my parents divorced, custody was given to my mother. My father had moved to Virginia to live with my aunt and uncle and called my mother to reconcile. My aunt and my grandmother conspired to kidnap me at that time because my father was drinking heavily and they thought that my presence in his life could save him. The plan was that when my mother flew out to see my father to reconcile, my grandparents, who were supposed to watch me, would put me on the plane and I would fly out as well. My mother left me in Whiteside County, Sterling, Illinois, with my grandparents on the night before her departure. The plane had a stopover in Chicago and my grandparents were there in O'Hare Airport the next day and put me on the plane with my mother. She had no choice. She flew with me to my father in Arlington, Virginia. Reconciliation would not be possible, but he begged her to let me stay with him and he would fly me home. She agreed and flew home alone, not to see me again until I was 10. My father was dating a young woman, 11 years my senior. She was told it would be difficult for her to have children, so when my father proposed, the plan was that the courts would find that my mother abandoned me and he and my stepmother would adopt me. My mother did fight for me in the courts, but the Ali'is were a hard lot to win against, especially when they used diplomacy within the U.S. State Department. My birth certificate has a federal seal on it that wasn't removable until the death of my father in 2012. I didn't get to see my mother or siblings again until I was 10, and that was very brief. Then I would see my sister when I was 14. I would visit my mother for a weekend when I was 16. I would see her at my graduation from high school at 18, and then again when she got married around 1986, I believe. At a young age, I was tutored in judo by a sensei from Japan and later another who, by my father's request, moved in with us. Almost a constant companion through the latter part of my high school years, 
My sensei took the place of a beloved uncle. My father, the chemist, constantly drilled me in not only elemental fact, but in vocabulary from the time I was four. In my first year of college, he encouraged me to take a consulate protocol class for diplomatic service, hoping that I would use my title for the advancement of the Polynesian people. He was hoping that my training in combat would cross over to a more statesman-like position, to be able to do battle in a more political atmosphere where the wounds bleed in ink on paper, then blood on the land where the bruises and broken bones of tradition are bound up in agreements and treaties. When you're dealing with a tribe and on ground governed by the same culture and traditions, these political battles can be equalizing and beneficial. But when negotiating with those that seek power without responsibility and respect, it is oftentimes either one-sided or completely corrupt. I was not a politician, a statesman. I am a warrior. I am an Ali. Keep listening for more episodes of The War Drums of Makua, The Season of Battle. Brought to you by SouthPackHealth.com. The wisdom of the past is the health of the future. SavageMusicStudios.com and Life Extend Unlimited. The taste you know, the results you prefer.